With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Guys, Hassle Cattle Company equals hassle-free meat light. That's right. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the beautiful U.S. of A. and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank, without any fillers, two jerky flavors, original and sweet and, and spicy, oh, original and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that has grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com and use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% off any orders over $200 and you receive free shipping. Check them out and we promise you will not be disappointed. Well done, Henry. Castle free cattle. We're having the New York strips for uh, Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, Christmas Eve. We're doing other stuff. Um, welcome in to the DMVR Draft Podcast. Uh, Andre Simone, Justin Michael, uh, Jake Schwanitz, Henry Chisholm, all here with me. It is officially draft season. People usually say that like a week leading up to the draft if they're if they're noobs and they don't have a year round draft podcast. Um, but now it is officially draft. I mean, we had the Jets flip the Trevor Lawrence pick. All of a sudden, he stayed in Jacksonville. Uh, as if his life wasn't great enough, he doesn't have to pay state taxes now. I mean, what what a phenomenal revelation for Trevor, who gets to stay pretty close to home as well. Uh, of course, if all that holds, we've got uh, we've got a final a final four in the college football playoffs. We've got big coaching gigs being emptied and filled left and right. Lots to talk about. But first, we had some outstanding uh, games, some outstanding conference championships, and plenty of draft storylines and high-end performers. It is dealer's choice. Performance or storyline up to you. What stood out to you this weekend? Justin. 
Let it roll. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's I, my condolences to Heisman voters, and mm. and that was you know I, I talked so much <laughs> going into last one. weekend. Somebody's gonna solidify themselves this weekend, you know, as that Heisman front runner. And then uh, Mac Jones went for 418 yards, five touchdowns. Najee Harris also went for five touchdowns. And just to make things even more complicated, Devontae Smith went for 15 catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns. And that's not even bringing up what Kyle Trask did for Florida. Yeah. Man, what? it's just all about offense. Obviously, it was easy to crack the jokes about, oh, nobody in the SEC plays defense and yada, yada, yada. Truth is, nobody in the country plays defense right now. But, you know, it, it was fun. It's a lot of points. Should be an interesting playoff with Same. each game featuring you know 60 70 plus points every single time i mean that was basketball on grass that was incredible i wouldn't be surprised if we had three finalists from the same team um naji Devante, and mac might just be the i think they probably split each other when it you know with voters because how do you not recognize yeah. what trask did just statistically yeah. yeah and i mean zach wilson's maybe making a a bit of a late push uh i've you know, hard to gauge how much, you know, Twitter hype is going to really come through. But you're right. Uh, I, I can't remember, honestly, a Heisman race this open. It's wow. Yeah. I have no idea who's going to win. Yeah. No, me neither. Me neither. Uh, Jake, storyline or performance that stood out to you, my man? Uh, mine's kind of a combination of the both. Uh, the performances from the running backs this weekend was insane to watch. Uh, three in particular. Obviously, Najee Harris just completely rolling over Florida on the ground and then through the air as well, showing that he's probably the best all-around back in the country. Then Travis Etienne, also a great performance. You saw the home run speed. We know what he is, basically. And then how about Trey Sermon? We waited a long time for him to make a big pop appearance for Ohio State after transferring from Oklahoma, and he just goes off for the school record in rushing yards and finally shows glimpses of the player he used to be at Oklahoma. So just yeah. a very exciting weekend for those three guys. Um, and to wrap, wrap it all up, Najee Harris was just unbelievable. I, I just don't yeah, know. Yeah. I texted you guys. He's undisputed running back one to me at this point. I don't know how, I mean, maybe there's a conversation with ETN, but I don't think it's close anymore. How early would you draft him, Jake? I think we need to talk about him in the first round. Yeah. I think he is very complete and, you know, he kind of reminds me of Saquon sometimes when he's doing his thing on the field, man, just physically dominant, super elusive and agile. He's got the speed. He's probably got better hands than Saquon at that point. So I think we really need to talk about Najee Harris as a first round running back. That's exciting. What's exciting is those three backs you mentioned love this one as well. We get to see more of them in big-time matchups because they're all going to the playoffs, so that's really fun. Hankster, what you got for us? Well, this is kind of a lame one because he isn't draft eligible this year, but Kayvon Thibodeau yes, Henry, yes. is unbelievable. He's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Like, like it, it's just absurd. Yeah. I, It's tough to put it into words. And what really sucks from my standpoint right now, like as I sit in this chair and try to explain it, is that so much of what he does, does doesn't get like counted in the stats in any way. Like oh, there's so many hurries, so many times where he's just like clogging things up or he's pushing somebody back into a quarterback where you're mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, that's another play that Kayvon Thibodeau 
just ended himself. You know, that he, box score is shocking. He had like one sack, two tackles for a loss. I swear he was in the backfield all day. And I mean, he wrecked that game. You, you, I think, texted that in our group chat, like in the first quarter, he's wrecking this game. That didn't end for four quarters. He was absurd. We should mention, this is the defensive end from Oregon. He's a sophomore, true sophomore, top recruit in the country, Los Angeles kid. And if this is another storyline in that game is Oregon winning the recruiting battles for some key guys in L.A., the top corner who has a key interception, Thibodeau, those are kids from L.A. proper that beat USC down. That was wild. But Thibodeau, you're right, Hank. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I mean, he's just incredible. And like incredible. you said, he had the sack. He had the two tackles for loss. He had a uh, he had a batted ball at the line as well. But even that, I feel like, just doesn't do it justice. He he ended the game. You know, you can look at what Keaton Slovis did and say like, wow, that was disappointing, which it definitely was. But that is equal parts Kayvon Thibodeau in this defense as it is him doing it himself. But luckily, I mean, with three interceptions, there's plenty of blame to go around. Yamador um, Lenore, the cornerback you brought up, very yeah. glad you did that because he did have a big pick. He does that a lot. He's he's another good DB in the Pac-12. They're starting to show up more and more. Another subplot in that is, man, I'm watching that game. I'm thinking if Oregon was at full strength without all those opt-outs, I'm talking Penny Sewell. I'm talking Javon Holland. I'm talking their other top corners like Thomas Graham. Maybe that would have been a real, uh, you know, in an alternate universe where the Pac-12 plays the whole slate like everyone else. Maybe they do have a real shot to be a playoff team, but that was great. We've seen this from the Bosa's. We've seen this from Chase Young. We've seen this from top prospects like Trevor Lawrence, who kind of announced themselves right at the end of those true sophomore seasons. Thibodeau absolutely did that as I'm creating that, uh, you know, 2022 board which we talked about some in the last pod with the quarterbacks he is right at the top of that list um and speaking at the top of big boards that's my storyline and it's obviously trevor lawrence is untouchable justin fields has been so good this year and so key as a leader off the field this offseason in even getting football back that it's gotten lost that he, he, unlike Lawrence Sewell generational talents, he is a mere mortal in a really good offense that covers up some stuff. And against Northwestern, we saw a lot of kinks in the armor, chinks in the armor. Yeah. Chinks. Um, and I don't know. I went back tonight to watch some Zach Wilson. The worst game Zach Wilson has is against coastal Zach Wilson has a way more NFL throws against Coastal than Justin Fields has against uh, Northwestern. Those two interceptions are horrendous, horrendous. And against a, a, a better opponent, an opponent that has an offense that could keep up, they're losing that game. And I know the, the kid from Northwestern makes an insane one-handed all-time interception in the end zone. That's a god-awful pass. That was so behind him. So and that was the sto- so underthrown, and that was the story all game. Ball placement, god-awful. Why and- call it, though? Why, why call that? I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. Yeah, no, please do. I- that play frustrated me beyond belief Yeah, because we just talked about what Trey Sermon was doing. He was running for 11 yards a carry, wow. and you throw a goal-line fade. 
coordinators should be fired for these types of decisions. Why do you get so cute? And Northwestern did the same thing. They were running the ball really well out of that wildcat set. They get down to the red zone. They try to throw a goal line fade. They turn it over, run the ball, just run the ball. No, I mean, you're right. It's coaching malpractice. It's the kind of stuff that, you know, Oh, the analytics guy told me to convert every fourth down and go for every two point conversion. How about you run it in with your running back? That's averaging 8.9 per carry when, you know, like, like just take it. It's a gimme. Take it. Um, So you're right, Justin, but he was, and so ball placement was just bad. Uh, But the, the big knock on fields, I think is that everything's a bit delayed and that Ohio state offense makes up for a lot of that. But we saw those timing issues. I mean, he holds on to it too much. He doesn't always feel pressure too great. And I really think um, hasn't just oh, the door hasn't just opened up for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, if I was to handicap this, I would say is the favorite to be the second quarterback taken. So I think that's kind of a major shift in uh, this draft class. Loved all of those. I was almost wondering, oh, do, do I need to suggest some for the guys? Those were phenomenal. Also, the SEC championship, insane. I mean, the playmakers there were wild. I loved Such what you said about game. the running backs, Jake. Yeah, that was, I mean, just great college football day across the board. Um, Hank, let's take a quick break. We're going to talk some news. We're going to get into, actually, let's do the news now. Psych. You fast forwarded. We're talking news instead. Um, Coaching carousel in full swing right now, NFL and college football. We have our first big vacancy filled. Justin, run us through all the news. Auburn, they have their coach, War Eagle. They have gone out to uh, the vast lands of Boise, Idaho, and plucked Brian Harson out of Boise. Interesting, interesting hire, uh, Harson's a guy who's been floated for a bunch of P5 jobs over the years. Oh, yeah. One of those dudes, though, just because he is an alum, you know, you kind of wondered what type of job would it actually take to pull him away. Apparently, it's Auburn. Uh, been an interesting situation because a couple of guys were supposedly in the mix at Auburn, then not in the mix. You never know in those, like, is it an agent floating? You know, is it an agent floating this out, trying to make his guy look better when in actuality he just didn't get hired? But man, Harson, I I don't I don't know if I uh, see him going to the SEC and out recruiting, you know, Saban and Lane Kiffin and some of these dudes. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. He's gonna have to really put together a nice coaching staff that has deep ties in that southern region of the country because he has coached one year in FBS east of the Mississippi. It was in 2013 at Arkansas State, so not really familiar with the territory. And just interesting that we talked about this a few months ago about Gus Malzahn, how it was kind of just getting a bit stale at Auburn. And this year, I didn't think it was really warranted to fire him because, I mean, yeah, you're, you're not really competing at the top of the division, but still they weren't terrible. And I know he recruited him, but Bo Nix is not really the quarterback. I think that Gus Malzahn or Auburn needs. So it was just kind of an uphill battle at that point. Um, and you know, Auburn's really kind of shown they're like a once every three, four year team when it comes to really contending. And they have been one of the, I guess, three teams, uh, you count Clemson, LSU, and then Auburn that have really given Alabama a fight over the past decade. So it's just a surprise to see them really just ditch Malzahn really at the first sign of struggle. I could, I would say, I mean, has he really struggled 
besides this year before? I mean, it's all relative to expectations, I think, is the problem. You know, for, for us, eight wins is not a struggle. Uh, to people in Colorado and who follow college football in this region, far from a struggle. We would sign for that in blood most years. Uh, but in Auburn, where they got spoiled just recently with a natty, uh, yeah, I guess that isn't enough. Uh, Hank, you've been on this Buffs beat two years and you've got to cover two carousels. You, I know you've written many pieces where the Boise state coach was always kind of a name that's floated out there. As Justin said, he's been a candidate for many years. Um, are you surprised by this hire? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm definitely surprised. Um, yeah. You know, for I, both I, sides, right? It's a marriage oh, where like both sides, the attraction from either side is kind of confusing. It's, yeah, seriously. Just real quick, um, Harson wanted out of the Mountain West. I mean, I, I, I really think that's what it came down to. There have been a bunch of reports that surfaced about how he was pushing for Boise to make a, you know, a move to the American. He, he just doesn't feel like the Mountain West is big time enough. I guess he got his way out, but he's going to find out real, you know, real quickly. But the grass isn't always greener. Yeah, in a weird carousel where... Auburn kind of the bell of the ball because Texas isn't going to pull the trigger. USC is going to kick the can down the road another year. Um, you know, Oregon. Do we think top guys on. are waiting because of that? Could be. It's weird. I mean, Mario Cristobal got another big contract out of it, which is like, boy, bless these Oregon coaches that barely do anything, you know, and, and just get like new contracts after a year and a half of I mean, um, stuff. A couple Pac-12 titles. Hey, no, you're right. You're right. He's actually no, been like, like nothing. on a per year basis more successful than like Chip Kelly or just about anyone at Oregon. Small sample size, but 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 you're correct. But I mean, again, those the 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 SEC was scaring um, Oregon enough to pull the trigger and you know renew him. And I think it's interesting how the SEC hiring trends are kind of changing. You know, it used to be they were really focused on guys that fit that region. Lately, Mike Leach and uh, this hire, I mean, we're seeing them go a little more off the reservation, be a little more creative and uh, not as stuck in their ways of just going after SEC and ACC coaches. Yeah. Um, sorry, go ahead, Hank. Okay. Um, yeah. Just to go back to that, though, like, I, I don't – I don't think Brian Harson is, is an upgrade, you know, like, like no. just to me, when you're, when you say, would you rather have Gus Malzahn or Brian Harson as your head coach? I would take Malzahn. And I think that that is kind of my initial reaction to the hiring. Um, but then also like what, what uh, Jake was saying, why did you fire him? There was a great tweet today. I wish I could remember who sent it, but it was basically said like Auburn just fired their head coach because their in-state rival has been really good. And <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like. Is like it's kind of just like, well, Bama can do it. Why aren't we doing it? And that's why it's not that good of a job. This is my point that I keep trying to come back to over and over again. It's expectations. Yes, you can win at Auburn. Yes, you can have success, but you gotta catch lightning in a bottle because consistently on a long-term basis, you're yeah. not going to out-recruit Saban. You're not going to out-recruit Florida. You're not going to out-recruit LSU. I think what Ole Miss Georgia. has got going with Lane Kiffin is going to be interesting. 
Yeah. It, it's a tough gig. It really is. Quickly, yeah. Gus, someone's going to get a hell of an OC. Right. Seriously. So, or you know, Boise should just like, Go after him as that yeah, coach. Just like, do you the know, old swoop swap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, if you're trying to win the like higher grades on 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 the web, I'm sure that would do it for you. Uh, but a, no, there was a story in the Athletic that was a. Uh, it was just like interviewing a bunch of different uh, different coaches who have different positions on different college football teams, um, and just ask them like, what are the biggest misconceptions about recruiting? And went through a bunch of questions. But one of the things that really stuck with me is that a couple of them said, like, success doesn't matter. Like, it it doesn't matter unless it was in the last five years. Otherwise, the kids really don't care. Like, they can't relate to it. They didn't pay attention at the time. It's just not going to mean much to them. And on top of that, he thinks that success within the last five years is overrated as well. And I thought that that was interesting. And that's kind of like a perspective that I take when I look at this Auburn team where it's like, you're not like like Justin was saying. You're not going to be able to bring in the type of talent that Alabama is. Yeah. And to yeah. that point, I think I understand the situation a lot more as a Michigan fan because I feels like Michigan's in the same exact position where they're playing second fiddle to Ohio State and they are recruiting decently well. I mean, they were another I think top twenty class again this year, but Ohio State was right there at number two. They had like three right. or four four five star guys. You're just not going to be able to compete with that. And while I get why some fans might want John Harbaugh or I guess Gus Malzahn in this case out, it's not really a year to go around hiring just like the hot candidate. I mean, just the inconsistency in games played. Uh, it's just not, it's hard to, you know, showcase that uh, you don't really get those hot OCs, hot DCs because yeah. there's just less opportunities to play games. Also the big kind of, I guess, not power five coaches, uh, Jamie Chadwell at Coastal, he signed an extension, so he was already out of it before this even really started. Uh, Billy Napier at uh, Louisiana, he right. was kind of flirting with the South Carolina job, and that's it. He already recommitted back to uh, Louisiana again. So, And then you got throwing Mario Cristobal. He got the extension at Oregon yeah. as well. So unless you're like swinging for the fences, going for like a Matt Campbell or I don't know, somewhere, someone along those lines, it's really a hard year to look for a new head coach and just kind of scrap it all and start it all over. It's just really difficult. Yeah. And I think probably just, you know, returning scholarships, that's going to be a weird thing. You know, obviously money's going to be different to pump into resources. So you can't sell coaches as much and like make a ton of promises of, Oh, we're doing all these upgrades and we're committing to this, that, and the other, cause you're a bit more in wait and see mode with that. So. Yeah, it's uh it's an interesting situation. Any other uh interesting openings uh out there? I guess Matt Campbell's always a name that could be out there. I know Arizona's come open, right? Yeah. Arizona's yeah. open. They got rid of They're going to go get Brent Brennan from San Jose State. That feels like a lock. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, w- it would make a lot of sense. I don't have any You got the region. I mean, it you got the ties, I don't know. It, it just seems like that would make too much sense. That's a job I would want if I'm an up-and-coming coach. I would love to step into Boise or San Diego State. Just a well-oiled machine in a conference where you're already at the tippy-top. You know, come in, win for two, three years. Everyone gives me the credit for just not screwing it up, and then I can move along. I mean, sign me up. 
especially San Diego. That sounds oh, lovely yeah. right now. Um, so, yeah. I thought you meant that uh, you you really wanted the Arizona job. And I was like, well, wait, <laughs> really? And I tried to like think it through. I was like, well, Grant Canell's kind of nice, but he's gone. Like, like, what do they have going there? Decent talent in Arizona, I guess. Like, yeah, no, it's uh, Tucson's a nice place. I don't know. That's about it's it. All right. I mean, it's uh, like Arizona, don't they? It's a basketball school. Tough place to be a football coach. Yeah, it's not great. Not a ton of guys have had massive success. There's a school, you know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you should have hung on to Rich Rod a little longer. Soon, tried to see that out. Feel some something to be said for continuity. A uh, lesson for us all. All right, guys, we got to get a mock in because we've been jonesing. We got to do it. Broncos drafting around 13. But before we do that, a special someone has a special shout out for another special someone. Hank, take it away. I'm I'm the special someone. <laughs> you nailed it. The other special someone. Was there another special something in there? Nope. I think that's uh, I, that's maybe the I was whole... just hearing extra specials. I was trying to piece it all together. Uh the 2021 basketball season is here. The teams around the league took the offseason to retool and revamp and are ready to hit the court. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has rolled out another one of their can't-miss offers. Trying DraftKings Sportsbook is easy, so what are you waiting for? Get in on all of the action now. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new players 100-to-1 odds on any featured matchup this week. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any featured matchup this week, and if your team wins, you cash a crisp $100. While we're all excited for the return of basketball, let's not forget it. Football's playoffs are right around the corner, so head to the app now to check out all of DraftKings' daily odds boosts. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any featured matchup this week. That's code DMVR for new players to get a shot at $100 on any featured matchup this week for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Beautiful. Buff's going to cover this 10-point spread or what? Because I've got a parlay riding on this and I could take the mm. cash out right now. Oh, Ooh, I, I've cash out opportunity. It was like a classic slow starting buffs game. Like they've had so many of these this year, but also oh, just took my cash out away. So I guess well, we're riding it. it 10 points. So. I didn't have a good idea for you. Well, there you <laughs> go. My speed, I'll say that. I probably would have. I'm more times than not, I'm patient and it'll probably bite me, but well, yeah, that's probably a good strategy though. Um, Let's start. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, nothing to talk about. The Jets at two, though, is where it gets interesting because of my storyline in the opening segment. I just don't see them being able to stick with Sam Darnold. Um, I just don't. Uh, So vote around the room here. If they're replacing Sam Darnold, who is your replacement? Hank, go. Oh my goodness i didn't want to be no. first on this one so many times i want to be first but this was the opposite of that time oh. um, uh, it is really hard i mean to no. me justin fields is electric he's proven no. he's done it for years 
There are questions about his arm, but there have been questions about guys' arms before. And he's just so fast. The playmaking ability jumps off the screen. And you have to think, like, if you're looking for a franchise guy, you're not looking for somebody who's fast enough and athletic enough to fit into the NFL in 2021. You're thinking, what is the NFL going to be in 2036? And I think you need a lot better athletes at quarterback then than you currently have right now. And so I think that the skill set that he has projects better going forward. At the same time, you have Patrick Mahomes who will actually be the best quarterback in the NFL for that entire time frame. And Zach Wilson does a lot of things that I think are very similar to what he does. To me, I'm going Zach Wilson. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not excited. That's what the sound is. Loves a good sidearm, old Zach Wilson. Jake, you agree? I do agree. I like what Hank said about Fields. I do think he is, I mean, I guess other than Trevor Lawrence, because he showed on Saturday that he's a dual threat as well. Justin Fields has to be the best dual threat uh, quarterback coming out in this class. Maybe you could throw Derek King in there. Anyways, yeah, Zach Wilson, I think, is the guy. I think he's really elevated his level of play this year, especially when you just look at the production. Um, He's kind of strung games together, even in that Coastal game, like you said, Andre, when it was, you know, kind of odds against him and, they were actually getting a decent rush on him and they were really, they had him flustered, especially after that halftime cheap shot. He really responded well and he almost led a game winning drive, which would have really capped off his resume for this year. I think inches away super bowl. What was that? 33. I think it was the Titans Rams. Um, But Zach Wilson, I think has really built up his resume. Well, and I think he fits in this number two spot. I do kind of wonder though, is he a bit, too similar to Sam Darnold. I mean, he's kind of that improvisational, you know, kind of out of structure quarterback. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. It's more the flashes than the full substance that got you intrigued. Similar to Darnold. That's what scares me about Wilson. When I, I wonder how much of an upgrade is he on lock? Justin clean sweep, or will it come down to my boat? You guys just watch that, that sec championship game. Mac Jones. Mm, I knew this was coming. Why you bowl game tonight? Wow. Just toasting it. Just toasting that that Florida defense all season. He does it every week. Five touchdowns, 400 yards, 60, 70% of the passes. What more does Mac have to do to put himself in that conversation for QB2? I hope to God he doesn't end up with the Jets. But I think when he wins the Heisman and when he wins a national championship, his draft stock's really going to rise. He's going to. If he wins a natty, now we're talking. Love the bravado. Taking Zach Wilson, though. Zach Wilson, you're going to New York. Jets fans, yeah, it kind of sucks. I'm sorry. Um, Cincy, three. Penny Sewell, I don't think we need to talk about this. We need to get to the Broncos anyways. Number four. Now I like this fit for Justin Fields. Now I like this fit for Justin Fields. This could be fun. This could be electric. Uh, Justin, are we in agreement? I just don't. I wouldn't take Justin Fields in the top 10. Wow. Wow. I know, like, I know how they could, I know they need one, but I don't know, man. I just, you, you need players at that point, and it just feels like a gamble at, Am I crazy? No, I don't, that's I just, a gamble. The lack of arm strength. I mean, I don't know about lack of arm strength. He can push it. We, 
we've seen some good stuff from from fields but again playoffs for him are gonna matter a decent amount definitely are gonna matter yeah. i mean there are some questions there are definitely some questions it reminds me a bit of deshaun's draft year honestly uh jake what are you thinking here and justin we're gonna come back to you if it's not justin fields you're gonna have to give us a possible alternative i do like fields in the spot especially if i uh, which is like a 99 percent chance if you keep joe brady i don't think he's yeah. quite a head coaching candidate yet but yeah. he i think could really take almost any of these top five quarterbacks and make it work or at least make i don't know make it appear like it works i guess um i do make it function exactly uh i do have some kind of concerns about justin fields that i mean i thought it was nitpicky stuff but it just keeps on showing up in the same game like you said andre the processing i just feel like he's not as on as some of the other guys specifically lawrence and wilson at times you know just decisive with the ball uh ball placement we could get into but that's the thing when you see him on some rollouts, he really kind of takes his time to just line up that throw. And it, that's yeah. concerning to me because those windows close very, very quickly in the yes. NFL. Although at this point I do like the fit. Uh, this team is kind of that new age spread offense speed all over mm-hmm. the field Add another speed element at quarterback. I like it. Hank. Uh, I'm, I'm convinced. I think it is there you go. Justin Fields, the Joe Brady arguments what did it for me by the way just so you know Jake, in case you have well that's why i was saying carolina was such a good fit i i, I assumed we were you know I, I forget his name though i call him joe barry so i i try to not say his name you know so i won't do that um five atlanta falcons oh boy um this team man yeah 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 the dirty birds really something else it's going to be interesting to see where they go with their coaching hire um could go all over i think they really could use a rusher um on that defense and that's an interesting conversation to have as far as who's the best rusher um right now and you could also make a case for mac jones so this is where we finally kind of have an open look at uh draft options shame they don't need a wide receiver because that would make a lot of sense here uh fellas help help guide me here jake you got some ideas so i looked at the edges as well um Particularly Russo, I think that would be more of the way they would go. Although, I mean, we don't know who's going to be GM here or head coach at this point. So this pick is just floating in midair, 500 feet above the ground. Um, But I think that they would rather go the Russo route, you know, that more prototypical uh, size rusher rather than those kind of bendy speed guys they were getting in there, uh, Vic Beasley before. So, I mean, I don't know if Russo is as proven. Got to dig into the tape a bit more. Uh, but I mean, not really. But that's yeah. this draft. Micah Parsons would be intriguing. Uh, that's who I wanted to bring up, just because that's an edge rusher. And that's the thing. But yeah. do you are you do you, are you dead set on edge rusher? Because you know, don't, because you have Deion Smith doesn't mean that you can't take another just good linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. I I, th- I think that I would be very tempted by that because then you have a strength on your defense. Your linebackers are now a strength. Because right now they don't have a strength anywhere. And it yeah. seems like they're just trying to patch holes. And it turns out to like maybe some pieces they're able to get up to average. But for the most part, they suck. 
Um, so I think yeah. Micah Parsons just solidifying that identity would make a lot of sense. But I mean, Patrick Sertain, and the, there are so many ways that you could go with this pick. I can be convinced to go with any of them. Would you That's go what you'd do just two second year in a row, though? Yeah. Go on. Atlanta Thanks. hasn't had a good secondary in my lifetime. Sertan, you can't miss. You have a number five pick. Get somebody. I love what Henry said. Right now, they have no strengths on their defense. So go sure one up. Go solidify something, mm. whether that's linebacker, corner, something. Just give yourself a chance on the defensive end because week after week, they score 30-plus points. They get up, and they lose because that defense sucks. Whatever they be, it's got to be the defensive side of the ball. I'm uh, so we've got a three way, three votes Russo, Parsons, Sertain. I'm gonna go Parsons. I'm intrigued by that fit. I'm intrigued by the NFL really falling in love with him. I love that we don't let him fall to the Cowboys, which is where he wants to go. I don't really love Parsons, honestly. I think uh, he's got tons of tools, but he's not one specific thing which is going to be a problem, but all these defensive prospects, no one's a sure thing. Uh, and anyone in this top 10 who has defensive needs is going to end up reaching and making questionable calls. That's just the deal. Uh, so maybe they'll re maybe they'll just trade down and let someone wants a quarterback come down. That would make more sense. But at six, we have the Miami dolphins, uh, wide receiver, linebacker, O-line biggest needs, but, no need to go away from wide receiver. Justin, I've got a feeling I know who you would take at this position. Yeah, it's my guy, Devontae Smith. Mm -mm. I mean, you pair him up with Tua, it's just too perfect. You can't, I mean, there's a lot of good receivers. You can't nope. really go wrong. I mean, adding any totally. of these guys. I love Jalen Waddle, especially pre injury. But I just, with what Devontae's done, and, you know, you add him to a quarterback he's already played with. That just, it seems like it makes too much sense. I know I'm a Bama guy and, you know, I'm, I'm, tr I'm really not trying to do this. I've gone Bama picks three in a row, but I just think it makes sense. I mean, they're playing like the best team in the country, so we can't fault you too much. Jake, Jamar Chase or Cal Pitts intrigue you uh, at all, or you're all in on Devontae Smith being reunited with Tua? Kyle Pitts, maybe if you yeah. want to kind of go a bit more 12, 22 personnel right, times, right. kind of like the, I guess, modern shift in the NFL is getting more tight ends on the field. Yeah. But I just don't know if you have the opportunity to take Devontae Smith and Tua Tungabailoa as your quarterback. I just, yeah. to get that relationship going again, how do you not jump at the chance? So I would, I'm going to stick with Justin here and go Devontae. Thank you with us. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here. You know, mm. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, do you, have you seen enough of Tua's arm and success with him passing the football to think we want to be throwing the ball more, like let's give him more weapons. And what I came down with is, yeah, you've committed to him. Tua's your guy. You got to give him a chance. And to do that, you have to give him weapons. At the same time though, I do think that next year, if, if they're trying to win more games next year, they're probably better off adding another piece to that defense. I think, I think more than a wide receiver, more than an offensive playmaker, somebody to work off of what can help a young quarterback is just asking him to put up 21 points instead of getting into any shootouts. Um, and, and so with Sertan sitting on the board, 
just not just because I think it's good to have a little bit of difference of opinion, but I, I do. Let's throw Patrick Sutan in this conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, opposite Xavier Howard, that could be intriguing. And a coach like Brian Flores could definitely, you know, they've got Preston Williams. They've got Devontae Parker. Um, but I'm going Smith. Uh, I think he fits the identity. I think that's great matching him back up. Gasecki is there, so Kyle Pitts doesn't tempt me too much. Seventh pick for the Eagles, though, I think it's the similar debate you just brought up, Henry, because as desperate as the Eagles are for wide receiver help, the boy, that offense and those wide receivers don't look like quite the bums they did a couple weeks ago, all of a sudden that there's a change at quarterback. Or do they go with Patrick Sertain and shore up the secondary because uh, they can't cover them and they can't get open? So wide receivers, corners, they don't really care. Just get us more talent. And I think Jamar Chase and uh, Sertain, either one kind of staring you in the face. They would add Caleb Farley to this one. Hank? I'd go certain. That'd mm. be that'd be mine. Um I, I think that he's too good to be still on the board at this point, I guess. Um and just for consistency's sake, I feel like, you know what? We we've seen enough from Jalen Hurts. He can get something out of that offense. Um it'd be nice to get him a Jamar Chase or something like that. I think what he needs is a defense. I, I think what he needs is to not have to score so many points. Um, and so I'll go Sertain over Russo or Pay. You're not on a long, Jake. You're down. I Yeah, I like the defensive side of the ball, but, I mean, they just took Rager first round last year. I think it's yeah. too early to kind of give up on him. He was hurt this year. Um, I don't know their cap situation, so I think they'd be smarter for them to spend money maybe on like a wide receiver two or three type and then invest in this defense. Although we come back to the same situation we asked on Carolina, you have Zach Ertz kind of on the way out. Is Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts a guy that you could think about here? Interesting. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Shame as they have Dallas Goddard, who they drafted top 50 not too long they ago. They drafted either. Goddard when they had Ertz. Yeah. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Um, But you are sticking with Sertain. Yeah, I'll go with Sertain. Justin, you're going along with that. Okay, nothing I can do. I would have gone Jamar Chase for um, the sake of that argument. I've seen Jalen Hurts with CeeDee Lamb. I think you give this man uh, Chase to compliment Rager. We could have some fun. Uh, But I certainly don't fault you guys for going with Sertain. Number eight, the Dallas Cowboys. Everything's on the board, mostly defense, but uh, don't underestimate quarterback even or O-line, which was like an absolute strength. This is another one where I could use some guidance. Uh, Any ideas, fellas? Jake, what you looking at? I'm looking at the offensive lineman. I think it's a bit too early for Vera Tucker, who is kind of one of my draft crushes just because of the versatility on the offensive line, which is what I think Dallas is missing at this point. I mean, you've seen they had to move Zach Martin all the way to right tackle and just kind of shift everyone around when uh, people started getting hurt. Although you do have Caleb Farley staring you in the face. Um, yeah. I, I would probably say between Vera Tucker, maybe Darisaw, and Farley's where I'd go. I'll go Darisaw. Hmm. Don't mind that. Don't love it either, though. Don't love it either. No cow pits here. 
that's man wherever he goes is going to make that team so much fun man just because he's kind of that blend between a receiver and a tight end and i mean when he's on the field you're kind of in 11 and 12 personnel at the same at the same time yeah that's an upgrade on dallas schultz too um justin jake just laid out a plan we've got some options where are you going i considered quitty pay i I mean Mm -hmm. i think they need some Mm -hmm. defensive upgrade I think the edge is just getting after the quarterback is an area in general where they could improve. Yeah. Linebacker. I think they could improve. They just have a tough time staying healthy there. It feels like for sure. But now that you floated pits, I mean, Jerry loves those flashy guys, Jason Witten, one of the, you know, best players, at least in modern franchise history. Yep. No matter who's your quarterback, you could use a guy like Kyle Pitts. You have the speed at wide receiver. Oh, that could, I mean, with what they have at that wide receiver core and Ezekiel Elliott coming out of the backfield, who the hell do you stop? I mean, they're just some, you could get very chiefs esque with yes. that offense very quickly. Correct. Henry, have you, have, have we sold you pits? Um, oh no. I, again, the Patrick Sertain still on the board. No, no, he's gone. Oh really? No, Where'd he go? Last, Philly, Philly. Last. Oh, okay. I gave them chase on mine. Oh, well, oh. no. I mean, Pitts sounds good. No, you won us over with the certain argument. Pitts oh, it wow. is, huh? Oh, wow. I thought I lost that one. Um, yeah, I, I, Pitts is tempting, you know, with especially with the uh, the history of the tight ends. Um, there, it's just Come so on, hard. Hank. Take him away from the Chargers. We don't want to give him up to the Chargers. Come on, Hank. Do it, and you're cool. Pitts. Number nine, Chargers. Um... Honestly, maybe they thank us for taking Pitts off the board because they can focus on the real area of need for them, which is the offensive line. Uh, Jake nominated Darisaw on the last pick. I would nominate him on this one. Knock on wood if you're listening. Henry, you want to give us your your counter argument? No, everyone's knocking on wood. We're keeping it moving. Um, Next pick. The New York Giants. Interesting. Um, they've done a lot without their starting quarterback, without their star running back. It kind of feels like, all right, things might be better. They've lost a star wide receiver from LSU and got some draft capital in return. Maybe it's time to go back to... Uh, down in the the Bayou Bay and uh, and pick up another stud wide receiver in Jamar Chase. Fellas, thoughts? Go Tigers! There you go. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, Daniel no, but, guy. Sorry, I was gonna say. Like, like I mean, when the argument is, well, the offense looks good now that they got rid of the quarterback. Like Colt McCoy can't be the starter next year. Like, is is this a conversation? Could they consider going Mac Jones, Trask here? I mean, it should be a conversation. Definitely should be a conversation. I mean, we don't have to have every Trey Lance, maybe. Yeah, Trey Lance could be in the mix here for sure. I mean, Mac Jones could be in the mix. Uh, I I just don't know how you justify replacing Daniel Jones with Trey Lance. The thing on this one is if Gettleman is still there, I think that it's not a quarterback because Daniel Jones was his pick. I'm sure he's committed to building around him. If right. they're kind of done with Gettleman and they try to bring in, I don't know, Lewis Riddick or whoever the hot GM candidate is, then right. I could see quarterback. 
So we'll, we'll act like Gettleman's still here in April and we'll go, I, I would say Chase. Right. I think it's still a year where they got to say, okay, we'll trust you that he's the guy. Let, we'll let you get him another weapon to really prove it. Because now no more excuses. You've got Ingram. You've got Sterling Shepard in the slot. You've got Jamar Chase outside. You've got Saquon Barkley. You've got Andrew Thomas and the O-line they've invested in. All of a sudden, you've got a lot more pieces than Daniel Jones had when he came in. We are just two picks away from the Broncos. I actually really like the look of this top 10. Uh, The Detroit Lions at 11 are um, selecting here. And, I mean, could they be looking for a new quarterback? to kind of liven things up, right? We In Denver, we've there's been plenty of chatter of Matthew Stafford uh, next year. Could could Detroit be considering, um, you know, a different direction? This is another situation where we don't really know who will be in charge, who's really drafting or selecting here. So it's a bit more of a shot in the dark. Um, I will take any and all suggestions here. Justin, you want to pound the table for Mac Jones? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I just he makes sense there, given their history that spread offense just kind of lighted up on the turf. Let's try and throw the ball fifty times a game. I, I could see that him being a logical replacement to Matthew Stafford. I could also see them kind of wanting to go a different route because it didn't exactly work out that well for them. So, Ever. you know, maybe you try and sure up the defense. <laughs> this is yeah. The- Interesting because I just looking at the numbers here, I don't know if Matthew Stafford will be moved before the June 1st cutoff. He they save a lot more money once you wait after that June 1st cutoff, moving Stafford or cutting him. Um, so you're, you're kind of at a wash if you move on from him before the draft at that point, I guess. I mean, you're going to be admitting to yourself that you're rebuilding, and is that the ideal situation to throw a quarterback into? Yeah, I don't know. I did, I mean, Mac Jones, Trey Lance would both be intriguing, but I uh, I would t- – I mean, if I was them, I would kind of run it back, but I don't know that that's what they'll do. I really get a feeling that they will. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe that's the Sam Darnold candidate. Maybe that's a team that tries to trade for Mariota or tries to trade for Derek Carr or tries to trade for Carson – um Wentz Jesus I almost forgot Carson Wentz's name I mean yikes guys the Raiders uh, would be crazy to trade Derek Carr wouldn't they with so few guaranteed quarterbacks right now probably probably but also, I'm not saying I'm in love with the guy I'm just saying like man that's a gamble I know I think it's Gruden hard. has a hard time committing to quarterbacks yeah I don't know. I, I, I think Mariota could go off a couple times. I guess is Derek yeah. Carr playing this week? I don't think so. No, I think it's Mariota still. But I mean again, it's Tuesday. We're recording this kind of early. We should remind people. Um all right. Well, this is an open one because if we don't go quarterback like Justin suggested, what are our viable alternatives? I've got Highest, one. Yeah. So, I mean, last year you traded away Darius Slay, and I don't think this secondary is very good. You've got Caleb Farley there. Yeah, you got Jace Horn as well. So, yeah. so you got some options. I think cornerback is something that you definitely look at if Matthew Stafford's your guy. Yep. Highest guy on, uh, on my board would be Gregory Russo. They've tried to invest in that position, I don't think, very well. Um, Henry, where are you leaning here? Uh, 
I mean, I could see them going to the trenches. I think that'd be pretty easy to justify on either side of the ball, but cornerback makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's probably where I'd fall at the end of the day. But I mean, it's just tough because there may not be a team in the league that is so up in the air. Like every position you could justify. I mean, if they, if they want to go after Jalen Waddle and add a speed threat, you could yeah. justify that too. I mean, yeah. Kyle Pitts, sure you have Hawkinson, doubling up on tight ends is a fun thing to do. I don't know. Like there's just so many ways they could go Stafford, no Stafford. I, I do think it's cornerback, but the trenches aren't far behind unless it's quarterback. Caleb Farley by majority. Uh, no, I went Gregory Russo, who would be the highest guy on my board. Um, so I actually let Henry be the decider, and he just took cornerback. So All right, there is. you go. Yep. Um, which makes this Broncos pick even more interesting. We only have one last obstacle. It is the San Francisco 49ers at 12. Quarterback uh, should be in the mix here, but it wouldn't be Mac Jones. For Shanahan, I think, Justin, you, you'd agree, not Mac Jones territory, much more Trey Lance here. I could, I could see Shanahan thinking, I'm the guy to make this work with Trey Lance. I could definitely see that. Oh, my God, of course. I still, I, I'm, I really do think Trey Lance is going to be a top 20 pick, and it's going to make me really nervous the entire time because I would just much rather see him be Jalen Hurts, a guy that slips to the second round and ends up in a situation where there's less yeah. pressure. I'm intrigued. I'm just not a, a firm believer, especially in a situation where it's kind of been a, a weird revolving door at quarterback like it has been for San Francisco. I don't know, man. I just that's tough. But now that you brought it up, I could really see it because do we do we really believe in Jimmy G long term based no on way. what we've seen at this point? No, it can't stay healthy beyond do we believe in him. No. Yeah, I'm, beyond that, he can't even stay on the field. I'm fully team Trey Lance. I'm, I, I think you could do a lot worse than being a backup in a Shanahan system. I mean, that's pretty nice. It's not Hurts being drafted in the second, but it, it, it's not that much worse. Um, Jake, I see you nodding in agreement. You're with us. You've been preaching to us for a few weeks now that Trey Lance has the tools and yeah. I, you think that the NFL is going to like him a lot more than we have so far. It's just so tough that he only played one game and we're basically going to go exclusively off of 2019 film and oh, yeah. all-star games in the combine. I mean, we have nothing to go off. We, I mean, we have the one game. I don't even remember who they played, but it was an okay showing. I mean, it wasn't it was anything rough. special. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's kind of the holdup I have, although it would just be so much fun to watch him in that offense. I mean, the run Kyle Shanahan's a master in the run game, so you know that he could kind of make it work with Lance, you know, set up some easy throws on play action and all that. I, I'm very intrigued by this fit with him going to San Francisco. Intrigued is a good word. Intrigued is a good word. I, I think that if it worked out, it'd be so good. And I think that if yes. you're making the pick, then that's obviously you're planning on working out it does kind of scare me though trey lance in a system where it's like a bunch of short passes and you have to be accurate and th those sorts of things that he needs to prove that he can do at the same time though like i, I do think that he does possess a lot of the things that would make that system really fun and really yeah. exciting and consistently make it one of the better offenses in the nfl and you know i i it's just so hard to get a read on the 49ers right now. 
Like, I don't know what they want. And I really think they could justify getting a quarterback who might not see the field this year. Yeah. And I think the other appeal is similar to Jalen Hurts. You can kind of sell yourself on, well, it's not a wasted pick. I'll give him, I'll give him five, you know, we'll create some formations and give him five snaps a game. It'll, it'll be fun. You'll love it. And then it's like, no, it's not. But then why can't Trey Lance? Right. right. You know, who's a dark horse to trade up? Minnesota. Uh, yeah. 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 They got a lot of talent on offense. You got, Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the league. We've seen what Justin Jefferson can do. Thielen's yeah. proven. Yeah. I mean, there, there's pieces in place there. I could see Minnesota, especially if somebody like Lance or, I don't know, maybe Mac Jones, if somebody slides to that 10 area, I, I could really see the Vikings making a push up. Not to mention New England, Chicago right around Patriot, there. Yeah, I, yeah, mm-hmm. All those. Although Trubisky are... <laughs> I hate to say it, but he's come on kind of strong these last couple of weeks. Yeah, Trubisky coming on really strong. I mean, and to me, this is something that will be part of this new era of football. I don't think Tannehill is an isolated case. I think Tannehill is the start of kind of a new trend in the NFL where we give up on quarterbacks way too early. And guys like Mariota... Um, and you know, so on and so forth are going to have kind of second resurgences like Trubisky and, uh, and prove they weren't such bums. And I think Sam Darnold and Drew Locke could, you know, we'll see what happens with their car. Uh, maybe those guys could be some candidates. We are finally at the Broncos pick though. We can go quarterback. We can go defense. The top cornerbacks have been taken off the board. Jace Horn's still there. Darisaw, one of my favorite picks off the board. Plenty of options on the O-line. How are we feeling need-wise, and who is your BPA at this point? Jake, start us off. Oh, man, BPA. That's tough. I Just looking at it from a positional standpoint, I mean, you have all the edges there. We've already talked about we don't know if edge is as yeah. big of a need, but we've seen Elway kind of when oh, – yeah when the opportunity is there, take the guy that is proven at edge to be a nice prospect. Yeah. So that's something we got to look at tough guy on my board though. That's, that's a pretty difficult question at this point. Maybe Greg Russo or Jace Horn, some one of those two, I'd say. Yeah. That's not a top bad top two to have. Um, Hank, who would you lean here? Um, I think those are two really good names. I'd throw yeah. Quiddy Pay in there too. Um, yep. He's, I he seems like a good football player. Um, I, I think that his fit, you know, I, I think I like it better. And and it's kind of tough because I, I do like him with his hand in the dirt a little bit more than like a, a Russo. And so there is that question of like where exactly does he go in the Broncos defense? But if he could play like a, a defensive end spot. I I think that he's just a good enough athlete with enough skills that the diversity that he provides is worth maybe having some question marks with fit. Whereas with a guy like Russo, maybe you're thinking, oh, he's kind of getting blocked by Vaughn and Chubb. Um, Again, who knows if Vaughn's even there, in which case I would go Russo. Interesting. Um, Justin? Oh, man. 
I, I'm tempted to go corner here just because all the things we've already talked about in past weeks, we don't really know what the situation is going to be like with Bouye long-term. Really, I mean, the same could be said about just about everyone in that secondary. I like Russo a lot. It, you know, I, I'm not sure that pick makes as much sense if Vaughn comes back, or maybe it does because he can develop and you don't have to rush him out onto the field right, you know, right away. Right. But also at the same time, you know, is this team really good enough to where they can afford, you know, take a guy just out of luxury when, you yep. know, they just they have so many needs. I'm I'm going Jace Horn there. Did you give us an official your kind of team Russo, Jake? I, I need to watch more of him. I mean I it's... guess you broke it down as you would be torn between Russo and Horn, which is yeah. where we've got the split. Although Quiddy Pay is very intriguing. One thing about Quiddy Pay that kind of fascinates me is when I watch him, he looks smaller than he's actually listed. I think he could yeah. add some more weight and really become a real dominant player in terms of strength and just throwing guys around a bit more. Um so I, I, I hear who was it that suggested pay? Was that a, was that Henry or is that no. Justin Henry? Yeah, I could see that route. Um, Jace Horn though, I you have to consider, especially with the Boye suspension. Um, it's just something secondary. You're in a division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. You need guys that can cover. You know, yeah. Um, sure. I mean, quarterbacks an option as as well at this point. So it, so many ways you can go here. I it's really hard. Mac Jones still on the board. Yep, Mac Jones is still on the board. Trask as well, though. In some people's eyes, we would be already in the third tier of quarterbacks. Um, Definitely. Lance, you know, I have Mac Jones ahead of Lance, and I'm not even all that low on Lance anymore. So I'm feeling pretty good about Mac. Um, Shame they don't need a wide receiver because Jalen Waddle probably the best value at this point. I love Russo, but I think all your points are uh, really well taken. And you guys know JOK, you could never go wrong with him at this pick, filling that need. You know, not really any safeties worthy. Um, so I could see that. Um, you know, I've talked. He'd be of, the most fun pick, wouldn't he? He would. He would. Um, yeah. I mean, come on. He, he'd be the heart and soul. He, you would really, he would be a fan favorite. People would really like JOK and how hard he plays and how he's all over the place. Um, and I mean, you could go edge is kind of the same situation as right tackle. Maybe it's not an immediate need, but drafting someone who you're grooming for 2022, who let's face it, you're going to suffer injuries next year anyways. So you can plug them in. Um, and, you know, I, I think arguably interior defensive line is the biggest need of all right now. Um, man. You go Najee? Seems I'm, a little I'm early. little I'm, early. A uh, little early. Well, I'm just thinking Andre brought up the point in the group chat a while ago that he would really like oh, to yeah. see Denver get one of these kind of running back hybrid guys. I mean, I know wide receiver isn't really a need, so maybe you don't want to focus there. Maybe ETN is more of the fit at this point. But, I mean, if this offense could get even more dynamic with the playmakers, I mean, even if it is lock, he wouldn't have to play at an extremely high level for them to be productive. Yeah. What if you trade down? What if you swap with New England oh. here? Trade down takes a wide receiver. Yeah. Or a quarterback. Or a, I mean, or a quarterback. Or a quarterback. 
you'd go down to 15. You take Najee at 15. Maybe you, you're able to add like a third round pick or total something like second round pick. I don't know what the price would be to move up two spots. Probably not as or you take, as it would be, but you'll take anything. Who cares? Right. You get your guy. Or you, right. Or you take any of the guys we just talked about, not even Najee, but pay Russo, anyone who just drops JOK. Um, I'll say this at this position. It doesn't make sense right now. I guess for the sake of this pick, I'll lock in Gregory Russo. I think that's a fun pick. I think that's really nice value um, for the Broncos. And I think there's really high upside of a Chubb Russo combo and in the immediate Chubb Russo Vaughn could really recreate what you were starting and Malik Reed could really recreate what you had in that Super Bowl 50 run um, for the Broncos fit at this position and just how the draft works. People are really going to talk themselves into Xavier Collins, who's got edge size and off ball linebacker skills He's phenomenal moving backwards. He's really good east to west. Downhill, he stinks. So you're going to sell him, sell yourself on him as an edge, but that's really not his game. But the tools are there. So he's another name just to throw out there. Hank, we should take a final break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to preview all the bowl games until the 31st, draft storylines with that, and we will close it out. We sure will. Uh, oh, you can all, oh, no, no, no. Um, if you've never tried the rich CBD infused Strava craft coffee, you can use code DMVR20 and save 20% off your first order. If you're a huge fan of Strava, uh, you can now save 20% by heading to their website and subscribing. You have the option of getting your coffee, coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks, and you get 20% off every single product that you're subscribed to. It's a great deal. You get that discount every time. And uh, by the way, Strava is CBD infused coffee. Um, it, it can help with so many different things. Obviously, it has like all the positive effects that coffee does, um, but then also the positive effects of CBD. Like it helps with body pains or anxiety or whatever. Uh, it's helped a lot of people. Strava Craft Coffee in particular has helped a lot of people. Uh, so definitely check that out and use that code DMBR20 to get 20% off your first order or just subscribe and get. Uh, 20% off every order um, and get your copy, coffee shipped to you every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. You can get that in grounds or beans or cake cups. Uh, it's a great deal. And uh, remember that supporting our partners is supporting us. Beautiful. Um, the Bulls previews really start on the 26th, what the Brits would call Boxing Day. Um, and we've got Louisiana against UTSA. Jake, big fans of that Louisiana um, backfield. Um, then they're always fun to watch insanely doesn't get talked about enough. They beat Iowa state. They should be in a way better bowl than this. They even got screwed out and not playing their conference championship. So we didn't get to see them against coastal. It'll be fun to see them. I wish it was a better opponent than UTSA, but Hey, I'll take it. But really the big game, Liberty coastal Carolina, this is a fun one. Coastal favored here by seven. I think Liberty is going to be frisky. Justin, your thoughts. This is a game that's ripe for the upset, man. Mm, like I love, I, I love what we've seen out of Coastal this year. I, I think it makes all the sense in the world that they're touchdown favorites. I think they're the better team than Liberty. Yeah. I don't know that they're going to have the same juice for this matchup as Liberty. I just, I don't know if you're Coastal, 
you ran the table. You're hoping you get that chance in the spotlight. Granted, you know, the Cure Bowl, it's in Florida. I imagine they'll have some fans in the stands, so maybe that's exciting. But, man, kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer for a lot of these good teams, man. Yeah. San Jose State runs the table, and they end up in the freaking Arizona Bowl. It's just like, yeah. what are we doing here, guys, when three great. lost teams end up in New York's, New York's, New York, like New Year's, my goodness, six bowls. How many times did I just say that? <laughs> Watch uh, T- Taryn Jackson, is it? The defensive end for Coastal and uh, the quarterback yeah. for Liberty. Really nice prospect in an Auburn transfer there. Jake, who you got? Um, I think I'm going to stick with Coastal. I'm really intrigued by them, especially their style of offense. Uh, yeah. I Again, I only really watched the BYU game, but if they, run, if they bring out that option attack again and kind of play ball control, yeah. I think that they can really – take a stranglehold of this game and just own it from start to finish. This was the game we were supposed to get instead of the BYU coastal game. Wasn't it? Oh, I can't remember. It could be, that could be interesting. Wasn't it? I, they, yeah. I think I do feel like this was on the table potentially. Huh? Hank, you taking the upset or are you with Jake on coastal here? I'm uh, I'm not betting against coastal. It's, it's just one of the things that I've decided on. Obviously, I, that's like a recent rule because it was only a couple of weeks ago I said I was taking BYU against them. Um, but that's actually what caused it. Um, I mean, BYU is really, really good. And that's not to say that, like, Liberty isn't good. Coastal has proven that among those teams that I have such a hard time gauging, they, they are the good one. And Liberty gets a shot to take that crown. But until then, I'm riding with Coastal Carolina. Love the divided set. I like Liberty as well. I like Liberty straight up. I love what JM is saying. And I love, you know, I love that quarterback. And I think Hugh Freeze will have some surprises on offense in this one. Um, We move on to Tuesday, December 29th. Get toasty by the fire. Watch some Oklahoma State against Miami. Low-key, really high level of entertainment. Honestly, kicking myself a little bit for not bringing him up, Jalen Phillips, one of the fastest risers in the draft. We're talking edge. Talk about a guy who needs his hand in the ground, not like an outside linebacker kind of guy. But he's a really intriguing name. And Oklahoma State, tons of guys wish their right tackle had an opted out already because that would have been a prime time. Chubba opted out too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are we going to get to see Tillon in this and Derek King? Oh, I hope we get to see Derek King. Yeah. Oh, know, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I hadn't realized that that – I hadn't they hadn't crossed my mind that he could opt out, but totally. I don't see that happening. King, just based on the, the you know, what we've seen out of him this year, he he's just one of those guys that wants to prove that he can play. And so I, I, I'd have a really hard time seeing him, especially, you know, there, he's a guy who's trying to, like, shoot up draft boards. That, yeah, that's not the way to do think. it. And I, and I wouldn't credit him, but you know, he's not a, he's not a bona fide top pick or anything like that. What would he truly get out of, out of sitting out of this game? I mean, you don't want to just bet on the combine and, and all that. Oklahoma state favored by two and a half. Oh, Miami's winning this game straight up. Yeah. I, yeah. The last time Miami were two point underdogs that I remember was that Virginia tech game and they were two point underdogs and Miami won by two points. So I it could kind of go either way. I just don't know if Oklahoma State's gonna have the firepower at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the quarterback situation. You lose. Gundy's I guess a fraud. 
<laughs> he is. Yep. Yep. You're going to lose is. basically your best offensive player in Chubba Hubbard. I I struggle to see Oklahoma State hanging around this game, especially if Derek King heats up, Brevin Jordan heats up, and Miami's just running down the field. Henry, you're with us. It's a it's a tough one for me, but I do think it's Miami. I do think. Okay. This feels like a cheese game, guys. Be very careful. This Vegas knows something we don't know. So I, I warn you to sprinkle uh, Oklahoma State in this one uh, because, yes, Miami seems way too good to be true. We need to double check some of the opt-outs. Hank, Alamo Bowl, Texas, Colorado. Good prospects, good prospects. Carson Wells, uh, the backfield for Colorado, plenty of talent there. And uh, Texas, you know, obviously Sam Ellinger. We'll see if we can see anything from uh, Joseph Asai, a guy who we didn't bring up, but definitely kind of in the mix of those edges who could be around for the Broncos at that pick. Um, This is a fun one. And buffs are nine and a half point dogs. What you got, Hankster? Well, they, they were 11 and a half point dogs. So Beautiful. Beautiful. Good news. Oh, I would have been all over that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's all season football, basketball. I mean, what was the record? It was just a couple days ago. I don't think a game's been played since the bus were nine and two against the spread. And if so, then now they're 10 and two against the spread. So, I mean, and that's football, basketball combined. Uh, I, I think that this is another case where I don't think this is a 10 point game at the same time. Anything that's between conferences, you gotta yeah. be a little bit skeptical. Of. I, I, I'm not super strong in any of my takes about a lot of these bowl games, especially this year when there are no non-conference games. But, but Absolutely. to talk about this Alamo Bowl just a little bit, um, I'm calling it the Sam Bowl because it's Sam Ellinger versus Sam Neuer, the two quarterbacks. I think that Oof. that's going to be fun to watch. I think that um, in a lot of ways, those two guys are very similar. And I think that just, just who they are to their team and just the energy they bring, the, the type of player in some ways is very similar. And, and so I do think that watching those two go back and forth, if this is a tight game, it, it has the potential to be some really good stuff. Um, draft prospects for Colorado, the guys we've been talking about, you know, Carson Wells, Dre brought him up. The actually didn't make it onto either of the all pack 12 teams today just absurd oh. leads the nation in uh tackles for tackles loss for, for loss so, yep. yep so he'll be out there uh, you got terrence lang you've got mustafa johnson who could yep. be going to the draft um and he's probably the only one maybe will sherman we asked him today and he said he hadn't thought at all about whether he's assigned on that um or where he's gonna go does texas's run game scare you at all without nay landon um oh yeah definitely i mean it has to that's that's now the mm-hmm. big weakness is who who's that guy they had two linebackers who were great now they have one um what issues were they covering for when nate lambo was gone it looked like he was covering for a lot of them um not nearly as much athleticism on the field with nate lambin gone um definitely scared okay uh you take in buffs plus nine and a half yeah easy jake a money line is plus 310 dude yeah and like that like that honestly is the way to go because there there is a real world of course where sam ellinger goes out there and throws for 400 yards and they run for 200 more and the bus just get torched i don't Mm. think it's going to happen but you know 
these we haven't seen non-conference games we don't know what these conferences are um and so that i do think that the money line is probably some good value i'm assuming samuel cosme won't be playing in this one but it'd be fun if he was it would be. um jake who are you taking here I think I'm going to go with Colorado as well. I just don't believe in Texas's defense. I think there's going to be a lot of sto- uh, scoring in this game. I think the over is definitely in play here. And I like I mean, I know Sam Ellinger for sure is probably going to put up points against this defense, especially without Nate Landon. Yeah. But I think it comes down to Sam Neuer. If Sam Neuer can ball, have a great game, and put up some points for the Buffs and they're in it late, I definitely think they cover. I think they have a chance of winning this game outright for sure, though, too. Yeah. Um, now I like the card again. We're not taking the cheese. We love all these dogs. We're doing the right thing. Iowa at Missouri fun, um, defensive prospects on either side. Nick Bolton, the linebacker for Mizzou, really talented kid gets a lot of Devin Bush comps. Some of that's hair related. Some of that's legit. And then Davian Nixon, one of the fastest rising prospects in the entire draft, uh, making a strong argument for best interior defensive lineman in this class. And the more I study him, could become a real candidate for that Broncos pick in the first round. We have Iowa favored by 15 and a half. And I kind of like it, but JM's telling me don't do it. Justin, talk me off the ledge. That's the cheese, man. That's what you've been telling me about. Iowa, they just they don't score that much. And that that would that's such a massive spread. I I trust their defense. I do think they'll win and even double digits, I don't think is absurd, but 15 and a half. Oh, do we feel confident that they're a three possession victory, like better than their opponent? I don't know. No, probably not. Probably Missouri not. has been Solid so case. inconsistent this yeah. year, though. That's yeah. the they've been one so thing. frisky, though. Like, that's the thing is, yeah, they've been inconsistent, but I just I don't feel comfortable putting money that they're going to lose by three scores because of how they've been in in a lot of games that we just really didn't expect them to be. It's a classic bowl like the Texas Colorado where so much depends on internal motivations. Cause one of these teams could easily show up and be like, yeah, whatever music city bowl. It was fun getting drunk this week, but who cares about the game? <laughs> um, and another team could come in being like, Hey, we had a five and five season. This is our chance to like smack the number 15 team down and show, show peeps around the country. We're for real. Jake, uh, so what you leaning on? Missouri's allowed 40-plus points in like five games this year. So if there is a chance for Iowa to just completely blow up the scoreboard, this is it. Mm. I, I I do like Iowa to win this game, but just like Justin said, 15 is just so massive. I guess I would take the Tigers to cover, but I do not feel good about it. I am not touching this game. Yeah. Mm. Henry? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to touch it. And nice. Good. I, I feel like I'm in the exact same boat as everybody else. 15 points. Like at, at least I'll probably in, in actuality, even though I wouldn't give this out as a thing that other people should do, I yes. would put the money on, I would plus 15 because I plan on watching that game and <laughs> that's going to keep it interesting, at least through the first half. Right. I was going to say, this, this game is going to be the only game on on Wednesday, December 30th, and I'm going to sit around at 1.30 and go, oh, man, am I really about to take Iowa minus 15? <laughs> it's I'm pretty funny. sure we got OU versus Florida on the 30th, actually. 
Yeah, no, he's saying at 2 p.m. Then at 6 p.m., you you have the good one. Yeah. Uh, Florida, Oklahoma is a fun one. Jake, start us off with that. Um, Offense galore, prospects left and right. Good stuff. Another insanely high over that we all kind of got burnt on last week with the Florida Alabama game. This one's at 72. I see. I Spencer Rattler game here. Can he go like possession per, per possession versus possession with Kyle Trask and kind of keep up? That's my question. I do think Florida would win this game. It spreads only two and a half. I think that's I don't I don't know. You tell me if this is cheese, but two and a half and I get Trask. Tony and Pitts feels too good to be true, but again, internal motivations is going to be a lot of this. The overs intriguing. I don't know how you go Gators. I mean, I think it's Gators by a million if you've been watching them this year. But how much of that is me being enamored with what I just saw against Bandley? You know, tough to tough to. It'll be hard for me to forget what Saban said after that game. They just couldn't cover Pitts and Tooney. Nope. They're playing basketball on grass, man, and even Alabama couldn't stop it. It's insane. Real quick, the F, uh, the ESPN's power football power index has Oklahoma at a fifty-seven percent chance to win this game. Rattler's been really good over the last month. Like, yeah, he's, they they put up some serious points. I know, you know, it, Iowa State. We can talk about how great are they, but that's a defense that's been pretty good. He lit them up pretty effortlessly. For, at least early i know they they kind of they tightened it up there in the second half if he could have a game where it's that entire first half you know i'd give him a shot but i'm more intrigued by the over than really betting on either of these teams if i were i'd probably commit to florida yeah yeah i think that that's probably the right take you know because what'd you say the line was 75 and a half over under 71 and a half 71 and a half yeah it, it felt crazy that Florida, Alabama, the SEC championship would be 74 and a half over under. But then what happens? There's 98 points in that game. Like they blew that out of the water. Never even in question. I I think that the over again, as crazy as it sounds like you just got to take it. And and if you see something you like during the game, you go ahead and live bet it. I I lean Florida, but again, these interconference things, you just, I, I get scared. Yeah. No, Florida death. Florida to me feels too good to be true, but there you go. Um, that's going to do it. We're going to be back next week previewing the national, the national semifinals and all the other big games coming up. Um, then thank you for tuning in. DMVR Fantasy. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you all. We will be back soon.
Mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.